0: Hey what's up everybody, this is Brandon Shank and welcome to the Brandon Shank Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Brennan Shank Podcast. Uh, as always, here with my main man, Corey, in the corner. What's up, big dog? What's up, everybody? I watched a movie last night, and they said, don't ever put baby in the corner. Nobody oh, puts baby in the corner. yeah,
1: nobody. Nobody.
0: <laughs> I thought of, man. Don't ever do it. <laughs> hey, happy anniversary. Corey and Lauren Celebrate 14 oh, years you. yesterday.
1: Thank you so much. 14 years? Yeah, dude, 14. Wow. Yeah, it's a lot. Good, man. Congratulations. Thank you. That's
0: incredible. I appreciate What'd it. What'd
1: you eat? We, I had a steak, dude. Of course I had a steak. Man. I don't know why I even asked. <laughs> <laughs> Always got to stay.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, I I'm glad it. you all had a good day. You know, it's a huge accomplishment. Um, so many of you listening have uh, been married for extended amount of time. Some of you 60 years, some of you five months. So it can be done. I mean, Yes, it can. You know, we're over here just grinding and adding stats every day, baby. <laughs> so that's awesome. Every year is an accomplishment, man. Marriage oh, yeah. is a, such an amazing thing, such a gift from God. Um, so this week, a couple of quick things. In the sports world, uh, for those of you who didn't see Sunday, the Kansas City Chiefs lost again. And uh, Travis Kelsey, the, and the, the they they made like this fifty yard play. Travis Kelsey down to like the twenty, throws it back to Kadarius Tony, um, throws it behind the play in an incredible athletic play. Tony scores, and then they called the play dead because the offsides. Now you could be on either side of that call. For those of you who are in the sports world, you understand this. For those of you who aren't, look it up. I promise you, the play is beautiful. The offsides. Um, it was offsides. Whether they should have called it is questionable. Um, but uh, it was probably the best NFL. It's the best play in the NFL I've seen all year. It was, it was crazy.
1: Yeah, I, it was absolutely insane. It's amazing. But how do you feel about it?
0: Um, how do you feel about the play? I think the call was right in that he was offsides. Yeah. I mean, it's what it was. He was offsides. Yeah. Uh, it is a gray area where, do you call it? Um, they don't, they used to not call it every time. They said last year, I think I called three times this year. It's been called 11 so far. Yeah. So they're, they're, con- they're calling it more. I mean, it's a, in the NFL, um, being, you know, offsides by a foot if you're on the offense is a huge advantage because everybody runs four threes. Yeah. So a foot difference in a four, three is like running a four, four, you know, mm. or a four, two, whatever. So I understand there's a reason the rules exist, to, to call them. Um I think when you start arguing, well, you should he was offsized, but you didn't tell him you shouldn't have called it. It's the NFL. They're professional athletes. Yeah. Um, I think you blow the play dead when it starts. I don't know how it got that far, and then they called it out. I don't know how that call works. I would think an size is like you blow the play dead. So the fact that the play went, everybody was going crazy. There was never a flag. Maybe there was. I don't know. But the way it looked was that, you know, they didn't they – didn't, nothing got blown dead. So I was just curious. I don't know if an offsides is where if the defense picks the ball off and it's live. I don't know how that works because I know if the defensive offsides, you can throw a touchdown on the offense. You know, you, a lot of the times they'll just air it out so they can go for the deep ball. Yeah. You know, they don't throw like a dump pass if the offense knows it's an offsides on defense or you're just going for the gold because if you miss it, you get a five-year penalty. So might as well throw the deep ball.
1: You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah.
0: So I don't know if that's the same rule. Um, if that's the case, they should just, you know, throw the ball on the ground. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was the fact the NFL, it, there's a lot of talk about the officials, you know, and the calls they missed and calls they made. I mean, we're just years away from eventually it's going to be all AI. So just robots. Matter. It's yeah. me robots. So it doesn't matter. But <laughs> robots running yeah.
1: down the yeah. field. Yeah, so, it would be amazing. <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't know. I think it's uh, it was a great play. The call was right. Was it the right time to call it? Is there a gray area with what gets called, what doesn't? Do you let the guys play? I'm not in the NFL. I haven't been on the field. I know that. Yeah. I played receiver all throughout high school and college, and you always check and they tell you if you're on or off they'll say you are you are, you know you'll say I'm off I'm off and they'll tell you you're good or if you say I'm on I'm on they'll tell you you're good it looked like you did that so I don't know you know I don't yeah. know Yeah, I don't know uh but congrats to you know I know LeBron is listening so congrats to you LeBron for winning the in- NBA in-season tournament <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I don't yeah. know anything about yeah, this, NBA so. in season tournament, man. The first one ever. The Lakers won it, so congrats to LeBron and the Lakers. Huh. And then, uh, you know, breaking news: they say that the the Patriots are going to part ways with Bill Belichick at the end of the season. Oh wow! And when asked about it today, just two minutes ago, he said, "Um, focusing on Kansas City," which means they made an agreement. And uh, and Bill Belichick lingo for anybody who has watched him over the last twenty years: that means I'm not talking about it, and it's official, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so that means the Washington commanders will have Bill Belichick as our coach next year. I'm assuming um <laughs> probably have John Elway as our quarterback, oh man, so, yeah, okay, yeah, who knows? <laughs> I can't see Bill Belichick and the Patriots agreeing to part ways and then Bill Belichick not coaching anymore. I mean, maybe he's going to be in the front office of a team, maybe yeah. he will you know, and then there's the argument like Bill Belichick didn't have a ton of when he was a defensive coordinator in New York. Uh, they won. The Jets won. They ended up. Uh, I think. I think he was on Bill Parcells' staff when the Giants won the Super Bowl. I could be wrong about that. Hmm. But he had success as a coordinator. But you know, him and Nick Saban were on the same coaching staff in Cleveland, and Cleveland wasn't that good. They were. They got fired.
1: I've told you this. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, all feel that like to say, you need another
0: person in your corner. But yeah. well, I'm just saying this for all those <laughs> listening that are uh, on in tune with this. I think that, you know, you look at Bill Belichick and you look at Robert Kraft and that organization wasn't anything until Tom Brady got there and he wins the Super Bowls and Tom Brady goes to Tampa Bay and continues to win a Super Bowl
1: yeah. and
0: Patriots fall apart. Is Bill Belichick great without Tom Brady? It's a good question. Tom Brady kept winning and he went down yeah. to a Tampa Bay team that had nothing going for it. I mean, they had a couple of big players, don't get me wrong, but everybody knows Tampa Bay was not going to win a Super Bowl. And Tom Brady goes down there and takes players with him and they ball out and they win a Super Bowl destroying the Chiefs. Um, The Patriots haven't done anything since Tom Brady left. Yeah. Anything. So is Bill Belichick the greatest coach of all time without Tom Brady? Um, No. Yeah. In my opinion, not a chance. Is Tom Brady the best without Bill Belichick? I think Bill Belichick and Tom Brady make a great duo. Yeah. But everybody knows the quarterback position is the most important position in all of the history of the NFL. Mm -hmm. So... Like Andy Reid with a Patrick Mahomes. Is he Andy is he winning the through bowls? Probably not. Is, is Patrick Mahomes winning without Andy? Andy Reid's an offensive coach. So when you got a coach like Bill Belichick, who's a defensive coach, yeah, I don't know the answer. What I do, only thing I can do is tell you the facts. Tom Brady won without Bill Belichick. Bill yeah. Belichick has not won without Tom Brady. Now, when Bill Belichick was on a staff, he won. Yeah. But as a head coach, you know? So I'll just tell you the facts. Do I think he's a great coach? Yeah, I think he's a great coach. But the Patriot way was the Tom Brady way. Oh yeah. For <laughs> That's sure. That's all I'm saying. Oh, yeah, yeah. The can't stats ar- are what they are. Can't argue Do that. Do I think he's a great coach? Sure. I think he's a great coach. Um there's no doubting that. But they're uh Tom Brady, I think it's evident that um, you know, when you got a quarterback like that, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh something interesting too is a lot of you know you know last week the college football playoff announced that they uh are taking Alabama and leaving Florida State out and I heard Nick Saban make a comment that we've been in this position too as Alabama he says we've been here we've been left out and I was thinking about that comment and I'm not denying that he hasn't been but my thought was when has an SEC champion ever been left out of the college football playoff that's undefeated I would say never. Yeah. So when you have an ACC champion that's undefeated left out of the playoff, it's very different than feeling like you're snubbed because you have a one loss. You were the number one team and got beat in the SEC championship. If you're a undefeated champion of a Power Five and you get left out, I'm pretty sure nobody's ever felt that before because it's never happened. Mm. So, yeah, you might have felt left out, and I'm not saying you don't, but nobody. You say, well, I've been there before. You might have been there and can relate to feeling left out, but you've never been there as an SEC champion that's undefeated. There's a big difference. And what's bigger, Alabama beating the number one team in the nation and Georgia or Florida State winning with their second and third string quarterback in the swamp against Florida and then in the ACC championship against the number 12-ranked Louisville? What's bigger, winning with a third string quarterback? Maybe. (laughs) He had 54, yards or 55 55 yards passing. I would say that's just as big of a feat as Alabama beating Georgia. When you can win with a third string quarterback against a top 12-ranked team in the nation in the ACC championship game, at what point do we start measuring? I mean, it's an eye test. Do I think Alabama would beat Florida State? No. I don't think anybody could say anybody could beat Florida State. If Florida State loses to Georgia, everybody say, "Well, they made the right decision." You can't say that. You just can't say that. Mm-hmm. So, all that to say, that's my uh that's my 10 cents on the sporting world right now. But the Florida AG, the Attorney General is launching an investigation into the college football playoff committee as as an antitrust investigation. And the mm-hmm. Florida AG came out and said, "I'm a G-, she's like, "I'm a Gators fan." I'm a Gators fan, but she's like, as a, for every team and all the coaches and players, we're launching this investigation on behalf of the state of Florida and Florida State because they believe that there is bias and that it was an unfair verdict. And I don't know that there's too many people that disagree. I think there's people who think they're experts. They'll say, oh, Alabama's better. Again, on the field, the ACC was 6-3. and three are 6-4 and four against SEC teams this year, which means the ACC beat the SEC. SEC is not what it used to be. People can say what they want. But the ACC had a winning record against the SEC this year. Mm. And um, the SEC uh, is was in a place where they might not even have gotten a team into the playoff unless they let Alabama in, a one-loss team. And the only reason Alabama, the only reason Texas gets in is because Alabama got in because Texas destroyed Alabama in Bryant-Denny Stadium in Alabama this year. So the only reason that Texas ended up getting in the college football playoff was not because they were the Big 12 champ. Nobody's impressed by that. They lost to Oklahoma in the Red River River rivalry. The reason that they were in the college football playoff is because Alabama is in the playoff, and there's no way they could give Alabama a playoff spot without a one-loss Texas team. It's a Big 12 champ that beat Alabama. That's why they're both in. That's why Florida State and Georgia are looking from the outside. Because in reality, I think Georgia and Alabama play five times. Georgia wins four. Wow. So, yeah. that's what I'm saying. So, I mean, Georgia has a bone to pick. They were How do you go from number one to number five? Alabama yeah. was, I think, number seven or eight, went to number four. Georgia, uh, Florida State was number four, went to number five. It's chaos. You're telling me that the whole year you have no idea how to rank these teams.
1: Mm. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then Washington's undefeated Pac-12 champ, they beat Oregon twice. Oregon was in the top ten both times. They beat one team that was in the top ten twice, and they get a, a number two seed in the college football playoff well, Florida State beat LSU when they were ranked early in the season, first game of the year. Uh, and and they're an SEC team, and what does that mean? Nothing? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, LSU was a yeah, top-ranked yeah. team when they got beat. And so it's just none of it makes sense. And they're saying, well, they're a different team now than they were then. They're undefeated. Who cares what you think they are? They yeah. have not lost. And I heard some analysts saying, well, it's a good decision because it's that. I just don't understand the logic. How is it a good decision to leave out a undefeated, power five team that went two and oh against the sec and it just doesn't make any sense it is 100 percent bias you can say what you want um the system is flawed everybody knows that but for people who have a strong stance that alabama should have made it i strongly disagree and the reason is florida state was an undefeated power five team even without their quarterback they went they won the last two games One in the swamp in florida even though it wasn't a great florida team yeah. Period. So I, I just don't understand the logic. You're going to tell me a one-loss SEC team is better than an undefeated Power 5. I just don't agree. I don't see how you can have that reasoning. I certainly don't think that a one-loss Texas team is better. Um, so I think it's just you get Texas and Alabama, these big Midwest power, powerful, you know, these schools are massive, and people can say what they want. It is a money decision. Yeah, I don't believe for a minute that college football playoff committee, when they saw Nick Saban in the Alabama Crimson Tide, they abandoned you. Yeah, yeah.
1: No, I agree. I mean
0: it's the abandoned ship. It's Alabama. It's Nick Saban. Mm. He hasn't earned that. Nick Saban's a great coach, but he hasn't earned the right to just run his way into those big games. It's yeah. not right. Norval, in my opinion, Florida State coach, he coached his team without his star. Yeah. And continued to be undefeated. To me, that's a greater coaching feat than beating number one Georgia any oh, day. Yeah, yeah. You're winning with players. Alabama had Milro, he, you know he starts playing his great quarterback position, starts looking like a Heisman candidate, and he starts coming on strong. Well, that's great. And Alabama's great. I mean, Nick Saban's a phenomenal coach. Maybe the best to ever do it. But on the flip, Norval, I think he had a bit, a hit, what he did in coaching was more impressive to me. When you win without players, it's more impressive than winning with them.
1: Agreed. And he continued yeah. to win. Yeah. So
0: that's my rant. It has been boiling. <laughs> and I know D was on here last week, and he's a huge Florida State fan. We didn't get into it too much, but... Um, I think it just shows how upside down our world is, man. Like the reasoning that you can tell me they deserve it versus an undefeated Power Five when you've always said undefeated Power Five have never not made it. You're telling me right now Jeez. if Florida State has one loss, then an Alabama undefeated SEC champ doesn't get in? Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's when yeah. you flip it. People laugh. It's like, yep. yeah, because the SEC is not what it used to be. People yep. can say what they want. Do I think Alabama could win it? Well, it's four teams. Anybody could win it. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean they were the best. Yeah. They didn't play Florida State. So to me, Florida State, there's a there's an asterisk on this year's national championship. Not to mention, I love Michigan, but Michigan had controversy all year. Their coach was suspended multiple games for cheating. Nobody say anything about that. They're an undefeated Big Ten champ, so you're rewarding them. And they had a cheating scandal all year. They had to coach with secondary coaches, and yet you have Florida State who ran every play the way you wanted and by the book, and they got left out. At some point, somebody has got to look at this thing and say, this is screwed up. Yeah. Do I think Michigan deserves it? Yes. Do I think Washington deserves it? Yes. But I think you got to look at these undefeated. It just, when you're asking somebody to do everything they can, they do it, and then you don't reward them.
1: Yeah. That's the character of the organization, in my opinion. No, yeah. And talk about an underdog story, dude. Third string quarterback? Come on. You can't write a better story than that. He didn't have to have a lot of passing yards. Their defense shut it down. So what if Florida
0: State has no offense and they end up winning three to nothing? Yeah. Say, well, that'll never happen. How do you know?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tell me how you know. Yeah.
0: Because Florida State's defense is a bunch of dogs, Mm -hmm. and their running game's legit. Yeah. So you're telling me you can't win like that, you know? Like, give me a break. Yeah. Years ago, when Peyton Manning was playing, they were uh, they had an off they had an option they had an opportunity to go undefeated in the regular season. But Tony Dungy sat him on the last game of the season. I think it's one of the worst coaching mistakes ever made mm, in the history of yeah, football. Yeah, yeah. Tony. I, I love you. I think you won championship. But you they sat him the last game of the yeah. season. You're a Colts fan at the time. Yep. They sat him in the last game of the season. They ended up going 15-1, losing the first round of their playoffs. Mm-hmm. You can't take the rhythm out of the team. Mm,
1: yeah. I
0: think if they win that – I think if they start Peyton Manning that game, they go 16-0, I think they could win the Super Bowl that year. Yeah. That's my prediction. Yeah. So I think it's just one of those things where um, I don't understand. I just don't – there's – you know what I mean? Yeah, you got to stick with with the hot hand, man. I'm with you, dude. You got to stick with with the hot hand. I hate when teams start benching all their great players. Like, let them play the first half. But that's what I'm saying. You got to stick with the hot hand. Florida State kept winning. They kept winning. They kept winning. They kept winning, and you took them out. It's just not right. It's not right. Yeah, you know what I mean. No matter what they say, I'd rather play Florida State than Alabama. You're saying that because Nick Saban's on the headset, and Alabama has such a reputation. But this Florida State team is vicious, and those seniors—they're gonna the rest of their life. They'll never know what could have been. Yeah, that's yeah. It's messed up. It's tough. And if you're really the CFP, then pivot pivot let georgia and florida state's game matter yeah let let washington and michigan let all the games matter you're like well what happens then we have three three people that are winning well let washington the winner of the washington and michigan games you know i don't know figure it out like give somebody a buy i don't know but let's figure it out like why can't we pivot you got all the games already (laughs) lined up let them pivot yeah i don't know maybe add a game i don't know like crazy things have been done sure you know it make more money somehow. I'm sure they can figure that one out. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. you asked for it. <laughs> Don't blame me. You asked for it. So let's start. Let's continue with this a negative vibe we've got going here this morning <laughs> with the hatred on the CFP. Um and just for the record, I would never want to be in those guys' shoes because I think they're given the CFP. I think they're given a task that's impossible to create a good scenario. There's no way that the people in that yeah. CFP committee could have said, this is going to be the perfect scenario. So they were given a lose-lose situation, and they were just they were just really going to be hated by a side. They just didn't know which side yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So with all that said, what is your least – if you think of Christmas – I mean we 're in that season we' we're, are. We're, we're, we're out we 're out right here we 're out in the middle of this oh yeah, when you think about Christmas, just like Thanksgiving, we think of the things we like to eat the cookies, the cakes, the pies, the food. Christmas is a little bit different for me and my family we don 't hit up like the the typical turkey and mashed potatoes. We do more like random stuff. I know you said you guys do Chinese oh yeah um, yeah, we do. yeah which is great day, boy it 's a great idea yeah Christmas is a little bit it 's a little bit different right I, I like to do different things too we 've had Thai before we 've done Chinese before. Mm-hmm. I think we're doing. We got a brisket this year. Ooh, like, yeah. Like we're going. We, yeah. we switch it up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, my father-in-law bought this brisket. Um, uh. So, um. Anyway, when I think of Christmas, there's one thing that I think of that I absolutely hate eating, that is popular. Okay. What is something that you think of when it comes to Christmas that people like? And you're thinking, well, there's two things I have. Yeah. But what are what is something when you think of Christmas foods that you're like that is awful? It's disgusting. It's something I'd never want to eat.
1: Oh, boy. (laughs) I have one in my brain. I'm just trying to think how bad I want to be hated. (laughs) I think I know what it is.
0: Little Debbie Christmas tree cakes? Is
1: yeah, that what you're thinking of? Are think. you serious? Yeah, How did think. I get that? Dude, nailed that one. Let's go. <laughs> I'm sorry to my wife. You it is, is it because
0: the te- like the after like the little the foam in your like the feeling the, in your it, mouth?
1: And I get it. It's cake. It's cake. It's just like cake. what's what's wrong with cake? My thing is like there is a there's a weird film to the bottom of that the those cakes. So I don't know. There's just something about the feel of it on your tongue that is like I'd I'd pick a million other things before. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry, world. But you I know hate, you're gonna when hate.
0: you hate those things.
1: That's not hate's a strong word. It's just the thing around this season that people go crazy about. And I'm like, I don't understand why you're going crazy about it. It's well, it's a vanilla cake, little Debbie. There's way other. There's better let, little Debbies. Let's be honest. Let me help you
0: out then. Okay, I'm gonna give you somebody to, <laughs> that can be hated alongside you because my wife hates them too.
1: Oh so, good! Thank so, you, Casey. Yeah. Thank you. So
0: together you guys can. Uh, thank you. Yeah. So together we can uh, relate. Yeah. So together you guys have. Um, yeah, you guys have made some enemies today for sure. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I'll tell you something. It. I hate is fruitcake.
1: Oh yeah, well it's yeah. disgusting. I mean, yeah. Never.
0: That's... Now somebody did tell me they make fruitcake with gin, and I don't drink. But I'm guessing <laughs> if you have to get it down, that's one way to do it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Soak that thing thick. <laughs> fruitcake. Those words should never go together.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You
0: should never have chunks of anything
1: in your cake unless well, it's chocolate. Yeah, or like pudding stuff. I'll, that, take pudding that, I'll take pudding in anything. There's that famous Jim Gaffigan, uh, um, little sketch that he does where he's like, and fruitcake? How how do they even make that? Like the baker comes to the end of his day of all the other cakes that he's made, and we're like, ah, we'll just put all this junk in here, and that's a fruitcake. Basically, <laughs> that's basically
0: what it looks like. Yeah, exactly. I just don't like the idea of biting into cake and you're chewing on fruit oh, it's no, almost no, no, like no, you have no, no. a mouthful of food you're trying to get down
1: yeah it's disgusting i'm not i'm with you on that one and
0: there's something that is equally nauseating to me and i don't know what it is with this podcast but the last three weeks straight <laughs> i've got a point where i want to <laughs> gag <laughs> yeah,
1: <that's laughs> this true. is one of those that's points very True. Yeah, yeah eggnog oh yeah i'm not <sighs> no <nope>, i'm not <sighs> an eggnog person yet. why
0: would you ever drink egg
1: yeah, That's what I want to know. Y'all are weird.
0: And the only way that I can validate it is for those of you who drink alcohol, yeah, it's yeah. your way to get sauced. <laughs> That's the only way it makes sense to me. Yeah. For those of you that don't, your palate is extremely undistinguished
1: it's, and unrefined. Yeah, I mean, it's also named eggnog. <laughs> oh, I mean, the name itself God. makes you want to vomit. I think so. I'm getting dizzy.
0: My chin's getting numb. It's I'm hot in here. You're sweating. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's, eggnog. I, it's, I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to try it. It's got nutmeg and spice and cinnamon. It yeah. looks delicious. Yeah. Like when you watch a Christmas, uh, National Lampoons and they're dipping the moose cups in there, <laughs> I just want to down it. I'm like, that looks del- like cold and chilled and like a delicious. And then when you actually drink it, you're like, why do I feel like I'm drinking scrambled eggs? This is foul. It needs cooked. You're like, this thing needs yes, cooked. I guarantee. I would like. <laughs> let's. We should do that. We should op- put a skillet on the oven, yeah.
1: get it hot, and drop yeah. it in there and see if we can make it's, eggs. It's called an omelet. Yeah, it's called an omelet. Is there actual like- eggs in eggnog? I would hope so. It's called eggnog. I don't know. I just, here, we can Google search it. But here's the thing. Here's the thing I do. I make scrambled eggs, and I don't know if you do this at home, but I put a little milk in my scrambled eggs. That's what I do. Makes them a little bit more fluffy, gives them a good coloring. Yeah, I put milk in my eggs and make them fluffy. Yeah. That's not eggnog. That's true. It's not. It's cooked eggs. But I feel like eggnog is, I'm like, you need to cook this or something.
0: Yeah, it says it's cream, eggs, sugar. Milk, which is all the great ingredients for
1: for baking a cake. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> but you take exactly. that flour. That's to exactly it what it is. And bake it. That's exactly what it is. So for all you listening that like eggnog, you're basically <laughs> drinking the liquid ingredients of your cake. That's what they're doing.
1: It, yeah, that's all it is. You're drinking the liquid ingredients of your cake. So who- somebody got halfway to making a cake and you are like, ah, I give up, and they drank it. And no, then they somebody invented- got halfway to making a cake. <laughs>
0: Their in laws were at the door. They poured a bunch of rum into their cake batter and drank it.
1: There you go. They said, you yeah. know what? I'm
0: not even doing this. It's,
1: yeah, it's a lazy cake. My in laws, if you're listening, is. I love
0: you. I've never done that.
1: Eggnog is now known as lazy cake. That's exactly what it is. We've
0: made a discovery here on Holy the podcast. Cow. I think we should probably. This is brilliant. Just prepare for the viral moment. It's about to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. There's no way out of it. So, what's your best Christmas gift you've ever received?
1: Oh, man.
0: I mean, a, this is a doozy. I, I If you want, I can start this one. Yeah,
1: you please start it. So
0: when I was in high school, I I lived in Oakland, Maryland. We're about ready to launch a campus up there on March 31st. Let's go Oakland. When I was yeah. in Oakland, I skied, and I bought skis from a friend for like 100 bucks. So like two, three years of my life, out of the six that I lived up there, I had these skis that I bought for like $100. They were Elons, mm-hmm. great skis. Great little starter skis. Didn't care if I got them nicked up. Didn't have to do a bunch of waxing. Didn't have to keep them super nice. Had some basic boots. And then I started to get good enough to where I now wanted, like, um, something a little better, something a little different. And I got these Atomics, which were awesome. And so um, we bought them in Ohio. And so woke up on Christmas morning. We left that after – the next day for Ohio to where my grandma lived out there. Got my skis. So I didn't get, like, my big present on Christmas morning. Yeah. I remember being a little bit of a brat that morning because <laughs> I was an idiot. But um, – the next day, went and got those skis, and they were so great because, like, you finally—it was like the first thing. It was like a big hobby. Got finally got something I really, really wanted. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, and the second thing that I remember was my Sega Genesis. Oh, that was a game changer because we didn't have a—you know—that was it. That was it when I got Sonic going on there, and I knew I had all
1: day. I could play Madden. It was like oh, yeah, my dude. life opened up.
0: Yeah, it had little lo, like the little logos
1: in the end zone at the time. Yeah. It was beautiful. Well, it's funny that that you basically said one thing that was like a hobby thing you love. And then a video game because the, literally the two that came to my mind number one being I got a Les Paul electric guitar for Christmas. And that just, it's a great present. That set my trajectory to music. It's tattooed on the back of my arm. My very first electric guitar. That I guitar is tattooed, the actual picture, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's a, cool. yeah it's just, you know, the, that's cool. the Les Paul on the back of my arm. But I had an acoustic up to that point, but that was my first like introduction into electric guitar. And from there, it was like, dude, I didn't put that thing down. That's awesome. Um, so that's my number one by far. Number two, though, when my brother and I got Super Nintendo. I mean, that was like, for me, for us, yours is Sega Genesis. We got a Super Nintendo, and that was like game over from that point. It's the
0: best feeling in the world. You know, you can just lock it in and hang out and play video games oh, yeah. all day. It's the oh, best yeah, dude. I think that's why I don't play them as much now. I don't get a chance to. I have, you know, all my kids are on the games and stuff, but um, oh, yeah. it was a great time. Yeah, it's a great time. Um. All right, well, a couple of quick things. Um uh, that uh, I I watched this video that was extremely disturbing, all right? Um, it was of this kid, and it said, hey, graphic video, but I, I just want to see I coach young men, right? I coach kids, and now I'm like at the point where I'm coaching like 13 years, I'm coaching like young men, and when I grew up, I fought physically all the time because I was insecure, I was defensive, I had my own issues, I had my own pain that I was working through, um, and there's probably some support things that I, I lacked. And so I didn't have some of that. And I knew that's what like my frustration came out of. And that's what I fought a lot. And looking back, I'm, I'm like, you're an idiot. You didn't have to do that, you know. But when I see kids getting like le- legit fights, I'm old enough now to where they all feel like they could be my son.
1: Mm, and yeah.
0: so it feels different than just, man, you shouldn't have ran his mouth or you shouldn't have said that racial thing or whatever it may be. You look past every reason that there might be a – I don't think there's ever a valid reason unless you're defending yourself, but yeah. a reason for the confrontation. And it just breaks your heart because we're in such an angry world, and I don't know what it's going to look like when these kids are adults because we live in a, in a society that I think has created an environment – a video camera and videotape. And back in the day, like right now when my kids do anything, like let me see the picture. It's immediate, right? Yeah. Or, hey, they have an at-bat. Let me see that at-bat when they get home. Or they have the big play. Did you get that on video? Mm. And it's they're so used to seeing themselves. And I think there's some great things about that. It's a great learning tool. It's a great technique. It, there's great for a lot of things, but it's also detrimental for a lot of things because yeah. it's this, con- this constant. You're constantly judging yourself. Yeah. You're constantly seeing things. But in that, I think people are videoing more than they care sometimes. Like, they'll watch yes. an accident happen, and yes. they're videoing it. I'm like, would you go over there? The car is on fire. Yes. Like, come on, guys. Yeah. Don't be morons. Like, a car is on fire. Yeah. Or uh, people have an emotional – I've watched these guys who are influencers, and they do stuff for their wives that's so sweet and romantic. But I'm like, well, who's videoing it? Do you ever feel <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah. I'm like, wait, yeah. you did this for your wife? Like, there's got to be a third person in the room. Yeah. And if there's not – If my wife comes in to do something for me and she's carrying a phone to video me, I'm (laughs) thinking, well, what's this really for? It it takes the authenticity out of it. It's Mm -hmm. like, you know, upload that later if it's a picture of you and your wife or if you want to share it. But I struggle because there's so much you don't want to share with the world because it's not in the moment. Like, there's moments I'm going to have with my family, my kids, my wife that I'm just not sharing. It's not because I don't want you to be there. It's like I don't want to miss the moment myself. Yeah. Do I want you there? Sure. Yeah. You can be there. I'd love for you to see how – and even in – like, that's fine – but what's happening in the society we're in now is that we're all journalists.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: And it's more important than human. Yes. The human need. Bro, And so 17 years ago, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, seven or not 17 years ago, years ago, 17 students were killed there. Yeah. All in right. a mass shooting. Hmm. Well, there was a video that just came out. That just happened. There was a kid, and it wasn't on the high school. The principals come out and said it wasn't on the high school campus, but it was a park right next to the high school, and it was by kids who didn't all go to the high school. This kid was essentially chased by 15 kids and beaten up, and it looked like it was – I could be wrong in saying this because I only saw the one video, but it looked like it was – in my opinion, could have been racially motivated. Mm. It looked like the white kid got beat up, there's a bunch of black kids chasing him, and honestly, my first thought was the dude – Either A brought it on himself, like said something he shouldn't have, or it was a racially motivated. Because when you see that, you're thinking, what did this kid do to get that? Like, did he say something? Did he, you know, that's my first thought. Like, sure. Yeah. Was it a racial comment? And dude, you can't do that crap. Like, you, I'm not, I am not insinuating anything. I'm just telling you, when I watched the video, it looked like it could be there's racial tension potentially in this thing. Because when you see this white kid getting beat up and there's a bunch of black kids, I'm not, honestly. It broke my heart on both sides. Yeah, 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 White, black, didn't matter. It just broke my heart, period. But when I see it, my response was, in the climate that we're in, was it racially motivated mm-hmm. to attack this kid, or did this kid do something to instigate it?
1: Yeah. Period. Yeah.
0: Do I think it's right on either count? No, I don't. But they slammed this kid's... They, they picked this kid up. They started beating him up like a mob. And everybody's like, oh, 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 and they're filming it. Then somebody picks him up on their shoulder and slams his head on the ground on the concrete. Uh, and he just goes, like, to nothing. And he's face first. Yeah. And bro, it took everything I had to not just break down watching this, like yeah. bawling. Because my Sheesh. heart was broken for every kid there. Yeah. One, for the kids who are shouting and they're yelling. And I'm like, what if you killed this kid? Do you realize? Do they even care?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And two,
0: what did this kid do to deserve this? There's mm-hmm. nothing anybody could do to deserve that. Yeah, yeah no matter what color of race you are. Yeah. Like, there's got to be a level of forgiveness and grace, which we're obviously not teaching our mm-hmm. children. It's never... okay, And I don't know, again, I'm just, I don't know what caused this. I don't know what the motivation was. I'm not saying it was racial. I'm saying you can't watch the video and not think that it was. Yeah. Yeah. Period. And that's a problem in our country. It's a sick problem. Right? Black people... Minorities, Asians—they don't get to white. Whenever things in our culture, I was just on a call yesterday with an incredible organization that I'm part of. Let's talk live with Dr. Bishop Derek Greer, Dr. Derek Greer, um, and something that was brought to our attention—that's so true—is that whenever the media and the culture is no longer talking about race, minorities still deal with it every day. Yeah, they still deal with it every day. Mm-hmm. So I'm not again. I can't say it enough. I don't know what instigated this. Initially, watching it, you just think, "Well, it's it's black on white or white on black. It must be racially motivated." That's yeah. what I think when I see it. Maybe it's because we're programmed to think that. Yeah. Well, because generally, when it's like that, somebody did something. Especially when there's that much anger in it. Yeah. Because these kids aren't fighting just a kid; they're fighting society they've had to grow up in. Yeah. And I I completely understand it. Their parents are are, are fighting that. A lot of bitter racist black people. A lot of bitter racist white people. So I, I get that, and I am not saying that's the purpose. What I'm trying to say is, mom and dads, at some point, you got to take responsibility for the way your kids act because they're acting out, most likely, your reactions to things.
1: Mm.
0: On both sides. On both sides of this puzzle. Yeah. Again, this could have nothing to do with race. I refuse to believe that. Mm. No matter what comes out about it. But I will say this. This kid's laying unconscious on the ground. They couldn't get him... They, they say he cracked his skull. He was bleeding. He's in the hospital. They say he's going to survive. But the The brutality of which this kid was demolished with. And this is not, I don't care what color he was. It was a kid on the ground, a kid on the ground with his backpack. Yeah. I do not care. It broke me in half, man. And everybody was standing around yelling and videoing it. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, what have we created? Yeah. There is a kid that needs help. What have we created? Yeah. And I can tell you this. My issue was the amount of cameras and everyone hyping it up. Kids think they're real tough mobbing another student. Like, come on, man. You what are you standing up for? They, you're gonna be the guy that goes to prison. You're gonna be the guy, you know what I mean? What are you really standing up for? Yeah. If that's my kid, I'm gonna put everybody on notice right now. <laughs> if that's my kid, <laughs> yeah. your boy's going to looking for the parents. Yeah. You think, oh, you tough, you this or that. I'm just telling you, I'm going to jail. Yeah. yeah. If that's my kid and somebody body slams his head into the pavement, And it's a mob.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I'm going to find the family. Yeah. Am I doing the same thing to them? No, but I'm telling you, in my frustration as a parent, if that happens to your kid, you tell me you ain't going to find somebody who did that.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah.
0: You telling me? Come on, man. (laughs) Yeah. And you say, well, I'm going to jail because I'm going to go find them. I don't care if it's a kid or a parent, and we're gonna have a conversation. Mm Hmm. First of all, what in the world do you think? What do you, like, help me understand your logic here. You're slamming somebody's head on the ground. Yeah. And then the parent, have you lost your godforsaken mind? Like, your kid is this wild? Mm-hmm. Your kid is this out of control, and you're going to tell me they have any self-control. I don't care how angry they are. I don't care how much racism is in this country. You're saying, what's well, it from a white male? I am telling you as a human being, yeah, that showed me that our society is, has no self-control when that's the way our kids act. If that's the way your kids are acting, what do you think the parents act like? hmm Black white Asian I don't care yeah that's our society and every every race nobody's excused because for any reason every yeah. race has got it every we are all people everybody has to be responsible when I see this I'm thinking that's the the temperature of society because of parents that have no self-control yeah kids are a byproduct I've heard people say kids are just entitled these days they get it from you mom and dad that you're the reason they're entitled they're not entitled. They're 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. They're not entitled. They are kids. It's your fault they're entitled. Mm-hmm. Your fault. You created that. Yeah, I've heard people say it in even in the baseball world. Well, these kids have everything. Yeah, who bought it for them? You bought it. So whose fault is it that your kid is a selfish brat? Yeah, It's your fault. Whose fault is it that your kid acts like that? It's your fault. I mean, and I'm not, I'm subject, I mean, I'm not isolated to this. Like, I've had many conversations with my 13-year-old.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. But if that happened to my kid, bro, I'd be going after, he's walking from school to this park to get his car or whatever. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I'm in that principal's office, and I'm in the middle of that school the next day, and I want explanations. I want answers. I'm finding parents. I mean, I, I would be all up in the middle of that thing. You do that to one of my boys. Yeah. I don't care what he said or did. There's never an excuse to assault somebody like that. I don't care what they say. I don't care what a white kid says to a black kid, what a black kid says to a white kid. I do not care. You don't have any reason to do that to a human. Mm-hmm. And so my thing is, when do they start disciplining these kids like they're adults? You slam, you slam That's attempted murder if I do that to somebody out here. Oh, yeah. So yeah. as a kid, well, they're not 18. Well, then sentence their parents. Maybe that'll teach them. So when Johnny goes to do that, they think, well, I don't want my dad to go to prison for 10 years. Well, then don't do it. Like they're sentencing parents right now. The shooting right here in Newport News, they sentenced the mother for the kid that brought the gun to school and shot the teacher. Oh wow! Yeah, they're sentencing parents now for that stuff. Somebody's got to be held responsible. You can't just slap their wrist because they're six years old. Somebody's got to be held responsible for these kids doing this stuff. Where are they getting it? Yeah, six year old went to the gun store by himself and bought bought the gun and loaded it. And no, there is somebody responsible for that. Yeah,
1: that's true. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. So. Dude, that's, yeah, that's intense, man. I like, even the sheer fact of thinking through, because I've seen videos like that, and that's way more intense than even the one that I saw the other day, but you're sitting there filming, and potentially someone's life is, like, it's just, it's, we don't value human life. Like, our own, like, as a culture, we're like, yeah, of course, my life, but, I mean, you get in all sorts of conversations about abortion and all sorts of stuff when it comes to this topic, but... But even just like, yeah, that culture of just like, I'm going to sit back. Not my problem. I'm going to film it and have comment. Dude, I was watching a video of like, you've seen these videos of on the interstate where it's snowing really, really bad. And it's just these massive piles yeah. of cars. Well, I was watching a video and the guy's on the other side. So he's he's safe. But he's just filming all these cars and 18-wheelers just smashing into one another. And everything is screaming in my brain, bro, start running up the road and signaling to people people. to slow down. But no one, no one on the safe side of the road is running up the road to try and contact these people to say, slow down. They're just making sure they get on video. They're just filming. They're just filming. And I'm like... Put your camera down. And
0: sometimes I don't even know if it's if it's instinctual for us to do that. Instead, like our instinct now is to film instead of help because it's it's almost like the reaction used to be, I've got to do something. And so I wonder if it's almost not even a bad heart, but it's just instinctual of like, I gotta get this on camera.
1: Yeah, like no one's gonna believe me unless I capture this. But it's like, dude, this speed at which these people are crashing, it's like people are getting seriously injured, potentially dead. And if you could run up the road and warn them, like, start running, dude. As soon as you stop your car, start running. like. Dude, do you you ever notice you're sitting at
0: stoplights and, like, the cars aren't going anywhere and you, like, honk? It's because everybody's on their phone. (laughs) You know, it's amazing (laughs) the amount of time I'm sitting there I'm thinking, dude, I get it. Like, we have these things in our hands. I get it. My biggest thing is when you see fights like this, the need for human care has never changed. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Like, we, we have to care for each other. And this, to me, wasn't a reflection of the kids. It was a reflection of the parents. Yeah. The kids have their own mind. I get it. Yeah. But for your kids to be that, to brutally attack somebody like that. Yeah. I can't even tell you what I would do as a dad. If my son did that, the reason I can't tell you is one: I under no circumstance could I ever imagine one of my kids brutally attacking somebody. I know that's not in their character; it's not what we teach. I'm present in my kids' lives; I'm a part of their life. They would never be a part of that. I'm saying it now: my kids would never be a part of a mob brutally attacking somebody. They wouldn't. I don't teach it. I don't. We don't do that. They know better. We have trained them up. They know the 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 core values of our family. They know what what um, they're they are sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Like my kids are sinners. My kids make mistakes. My kids get in trouble in school, like every other kid. My kids get good grades. My kids get bad grades. My kids have strikeouts. My kids hit home runs. Like it's the same as every other kid. Yeah. But when your kid is doing those things, step up. Yeah. Like represent my kids. uh, They're imperfect. I mean, my everybody listening, you're gonna be able to watch my kids make a lot of mistakes because we're public. You know, like my kids don't get to live a private life. Yeah. uh, In the in their world. They don't, Mm -hmm. right? And to agree, your kids won't. Yeah. yeah. You know? But under no circumstance would I ever in a million years think they'd be a part of something like that. And it's because we have a responsibility as parents to teach our children how to love people. Mm -hmm. And I can't ever think of a reason other than self-defense that my kids should be in an altercation. Yeah. You know, my kid the other day there's influences, and uh, and one of my boys, I always tell him there's certain influences he's got to avoid, and it's already, he's already telling me stories of things that, like, had he not avoided things, he would have been in a mix, Mm -hmm. and he's realizing, I could lose everything that fast, like, yeah, yeah, you can, you know what I mean, so.
1: Well, let me ask you this, even as a parent, because my wife and I, like, you know, especially as our oldest, you know, he's 10 now, is getting older, and our conversations definitely change because he's getting older, but like my wife and I got to this point the other day we're like, man, I'm just like, as a parent, I'm just, I'm so exhausted of just being on my kids all the time. Like, you know, like you want to be the, you know, you just want to be, I want to be a fun parent for a little bit, yeah. <laughs> like, but you're like, you're constantly on them. You're constantly kind of correcting and guiding and, and yeah, you can be a little overbearing at times, but I've found, you know, I want to know even from your perspective too, but I've found with my 10 year old, because he's. He's got a little higher level of accountability than my youngest. And those conversations have absolutely changed over the years to more of like, well, this is why I'm on you. This is why I'm trying to correct this thing in your life. This is why we're having conversations maybe about your anger or maybe about like, you know, these things in your life. And as I explain more and more why, I feel like he's starting to understand. He's still a kid, but he's starting to understand why his parents we're we're gonna drive you kind of hard because it's my job to prepare you for this life and you're already in it you're already living in it but um but i don't know even your perspective is raising four boys i think i think a lot of our culture too is just they a lot of people just aren't on their kids like they're just whatever like at some point you get exhausted of parenting and i think for my wife and i that's our conversations of like yeah i'm exhausted from parenting but I, like, I have to. Like, that doesn't matter. Like, that's the burden that I have to carry as the parent of, like, I still have to parent. And uh, I don't know what that balance looks like for you and your conversations with your 13-year-old compared to other kids. or, But that's been a topic of our my my kind of – our home for especially probably the last six months is kind of like – Yeah, I
0: mean, I think I have, with my four boys, some of them take a lot more than others. Yeah. <laughs> like, my oldest <laughs> – he comes in yesterday right off the bus, and I'm talking to my wife in my office, and he's like, he wants to go outside and need to throw football with him. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen him all day. Yeah, So that needs to be, to me, it's a priority. Like, yeah. But I earn the voice with my kids because of the time I spend with them. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't always drop everything for them. But if it's not something that has to be dealt with, I'll drop it. Because I, I don't get that time with them all the time. You know, they're in school. They got a lot going on. And I think... Being on, I know when you say that we feel like we're on top of them all the time. You feel like you're just correcting every little thing, yeah. And I yeah. think that for sometimes it can feel like it's it, there is a fine line between correction and control. And it's like, is it something that really they're doing innately bad or is it something that just bothers you? Yeah, because sometimes things that they do that actually doesn't really bother us but they shouldn't be doing is actually stuff that's worse to them than things that do bother us, yeah. So for me, like if I go to somebody's house. My kids don't wear no, don't wear your shoes in the house. Don't come in out the door all the time. Like go outside, do what you got to do. But like you're not gonna be running out all day. Like that's a Mm. basic thing. So when I go to somebody's house, I'm thinking like, say we go visit you guys. If my boy, say your boys are doing that and they're used to like coming out because your rules are different. It's not bad. It's just different, right? In my house, we don't do that, but in your house, you do that. And you're like, you're okay with they coming in out the back door. You don't care. Like they're just coming outside for us. I got four kids and I literally will have the door open every three minutes throughout the whole Saturday. I'm like, listen, if you're going to yeah. go outside, like you're okay to come in and out, but like, don't come in and out every time you need a drink, take a water bottle with you. Yeah, like yeah, little things yeah. like that. Right. So let's say we go to your house and your kids are doing it. I wouldn't be like, well, their kids are doing it. It's cool here. I'd be like, Hey, y'all know that's not how we do business. Yeah, like yeah. honor the people's house we're at. Like, I told you once, like my kids, they know like it's not delayed obedience is disobedience. Mm. So I'm like, hey, don't do this. Like, well, he did it. I'm like, that's not, I'm not, that's not, I'm not telling you what he did. I'm telling yeah. you what I need you to do. Oh, yeah. And so like last night, one of my kids, my oldest, he, I said something, he retorted, not in a back talking way, but in a way of like trying to explain his point in like kind of a stern way. And I said, hey, 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 don't forget who you're talking to. Like yeah. I'm your dad. Yeah. You're not gonna disrespect me. You're not gonna disrespect any adult with that tone. Yeah. Period. And it's not like and me and him, the thing with Caden is he's a hundred miles an hour. People love him, but he'll cause he doesn't cause trouble or nothing, but he's he's just a hundred miles an hour, people love him, he's a hardcore kid. Um, and he takes a lot of parenting because he is unleashed yeah. as a human. Yeah. It's a great attribute. Mm-hmm. But you've got to parent him, yeah. Because if not, he will be out of control. Um, I have other kids that are more hesitant, but if I don't parent them well, they're going to be they're going to experiment way too much when they get out of my house.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so
0: I think I think it's that thing of like our no's are no's, our yeses are yes's. Mm-hmm. Our kids don't talk us out of things. Yeah. So I say, hey, don't do this. They say, well, and then I let them do it. Yeah, like oh, I, my yeah. kids don't talk me out of stuff. It's like I'm the parent, and I realize like. They're getting to the age now where, like, my is like, Cajun's 13. I love hanging out with him. I love, like, if I got to go somewhere, it's like, hey, you want to roll? Like, oh, mm-hmm. uh, I went to an event a couple weeks ago, like, three hours from here. I got him out of school early. He rode with me. Like, he loves stuff like that. And we got to eat dinner together, like, just spend time. Uh, the other day, um, we had uh, an event right after church for the team that we play on. And so we went to the event. And uh, after the event, we went to Sushi, All You Can Eat. We just hung out Ooh, and yeah. talked. And then you know, i take him to youth that night. I spent the whole day with him. Like, I love spending time with my boys. Yeah. I think the thing with parenting is like you feel like you're always on top of them, but a lot of times people don't realize leadership's the same thing. Yeah, yeah, you're not correcting every little thing somebody does, but you're constantly trying to lead them to a place of greatness. Yeah, and I think with kids, my wife's a good mix for this because she's more laid back to me. Like my wife demands respect, and she's a great mom, but I'm I have a tendency to lean more into the control instead of actually parenting. Mm. Like I start controlling things, and yeah. she'll be like, "Brian, you're just so controlling. Like you can't be like that." And I'm like, "Dang, you're right." I don't, it doesn't always come out like that like, you know <laughs> it takes me a while yeah, but yeah. she's right whereas sometimes i'm like why do you I'm like they were playing hide and seek in the house the other day i'm like case i don't want them to play hide and seek in the house this place is for chilling it's for resting i don't want them doing that because then i got like bed spreads are undone and clothes are moved and they find <laughs> presents and you know what i'm saying yeah, like, yeah. i don't want them doing that in the house and then eventually she's like yeah you're right but it was like it wasn't because she was wrong it was like my wife is a lot more laid back and yeah. fun and doesn't like take all the fun of everything like me, I'm like, nah, this ain't happening. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes I need I need that, and sometimes mm. she needs what I have. And so, yeah, I think there's that level. Um, I think for me, control, discipline, control is not discipline. Like discipline is telling yeah. them not to do something, and they do it. There's actually a repercussion. Like if our kids don't feel the weight of the bad decisions now, they're going to have to feel them later, and that's on me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, luckily for me, my oldest, he's starting to see the weight of decisions that he didn't make and what it would have happened if he had he done. But there'll be times where he makes a decision. He's like, I really wish I wouldn't have done that. You know what I'm saying?
1: Absolutely. And
0: so I think for me, discipline is so important with your kids. Like, hey, bro, like last night, they were, like, kids are, okay, just being transparent. My kids were playing hide and seek, running through the house. And (laughs) Ryland comes downstairs and says, Caden's on the roof. (laughs) <laughs> so <laughs> we have a balcony off of our bedroom on the second floor and there's a roof that comes down to the balcony yeah and kaden jumped up on the roof off the balcony <laughs> and i come upstairs and say, everybody get in your rooms just everybody get in your room everybody get ready for bed it was like my little ones go to bed at like 7 38 yeah. my older ones go to bed at like nine yeah uh 9 15 i said everybody in bed all right everybody get teeth brush your teeth get your clothes on whatever and they all like, yes, sir. They all went right, did it. And I said, Caden, have you lost your godforsaken mind? <laughs> I said, if you fall off that roof, your season's over. Probably. Yeah. I said, you are going yeah. to. If you fall off that roof, you are probably getting screws put in your leg or your arm. Yeah, yeah. And that's like, that you'll never be the same. Yeah. We just went to the dentist on Monday because he chipped his tooth in half on Saturday, and you saw it. <laughs>
1: I did. He, yeah. looks
0: like the first thing he told he literally me. he came right off the Dumb and Dumber he, set. Look, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he came right off of Harry, out of he he came out right out of the the van with Harry and Lloyd. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um. All that to say that's Caden. Yeah. He's intense, he's hundred miles an hour and I wouldn't want him any other way. He's a leader, he's an influencer. But I'm like, What are you thinking, dog? Yeah. Like whoever told you as like, you always push it. Whoever told you go out on the balcony and then who told you go on the roof from the balcony? Like, have you lost your mind? You realize if you fall, like Yeah. And he just doesn't think of it.
1: They don't yeah, they don't. And so I just, I just want him just go to your bed.
0: Just go to your room. <laughs> yeah. Brush your teeth. Get your clothes
1: on. Yeah.
0: And then, you know, I put little ones down and then the Katie and Ryan went upstairs and watched like do perfect. Shout out do perfect. Hey. You know? Um they went upstairs and watched do perfect and they wanted to show me some episodes that I'd missed or whatever. So we went up there and hung out for a little bit and then went to bed and it was fine. Like I didn't see him this morning. I was out of the house before they got up. But my point is it's like I think that for us, I don't let anything pass. Like, sometimes, like, yeah, man, just don't do it again. Like, honestly, the big stuff they get in trouble with, like if they get in trouble at school or something, I'm pretty lenient on that stuff because they're usually lessons I can teach. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. But the little stuff like that, it's like, go to your room. You're acting like an idiot. You shouldn't be on the roof. Don't be a moron. Also, great place to hide. It is a great place to hide. (laughs) He's all smiling and stuff. I'm like, dude, get in your room. But my point is, I think the parenting, we don't have it right. I mean, Casey and I are like everybody else. We're trying to do our best. We lead them to the Lord. We make sure they see that God is in our life, number one, not because of what we say, but they see it in our life. They look at our home, they look at where we live, they say, man, God's been so good to us. Mm -hmm. They walk through the house and say that. Yeah. Um, they say God's been so faithful. Like my boys know everything that's on their hands and feet God gave them. They know everything in their backpack God gave them. They know everything in their room God gave us. Yeah, um, He's provided, and he will continue to provide. And so we teach the core values that will guide their life. Are they going to make mistakes? Yes. Do we get on them for everything? Yeah, I do. I don't control them, but I make sure if they make a mistake, am I on them? Not really. But if it's stuff I say don't do and they do, there's discipline. It's not always long. It's like get in your room, get ready for bed or, yeah. you know, uh,
1: probably probably culture things, I
0: yeah. mean, just yeah, yeah. just and so like yeah. you don't you can't govern the raindrops, but we absolutely just dis- discipline the clouds, yeah, but I yeah. Want, want my kids to know like they'll come to me like Kaden he won't come to me, there's like he'll come to me for just about everything like in his life, but I'm still his dad, and there's guys like you and Adam um buddy there buddy, there's people in his life that he con- he's comfortable that like he has men in his life apart from me that love the Lord and are yeah. a huge part of his 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 life. Yeah. That um I'm grateful for. And so I think for me part of raising my kids is like giving men in their life platforms. Yeah. Um like he saw one of our assistant coaches on Sunday and he went up giving the biggest hug. This assistant coach, shout out to Fonzie. He mm-hmm. has uh he has a huge influence in Caden's life. He loves Caden. Caden loves him. Um, you know, their boy our boys have played together for years, but Co- coach Fonzie's Honestly, we were whether we're all stars in Richlands, Virginia, or we're whatever. He'll pull Caden aside and give him the hard truth. Yeah, and he'll tell him like, "You need to hear this." And Caden listens to him. Mm-hmm. I need men like that around my boys. Yeah, and women that are uh, around them. You know, like the Matt and Amanda Olivers. like. Oh yeah, there's yeah. people in their life that they're, they look. They're like aunts and uncles to them, and they mm-hmm. feel like that. Like my boys feel like they're related to us. They don't understand everybody's not related to us. <laughs> yeah, but I think when you're raising kids as parents. You're a part of it, but a part of our responsibility is putting healthy people around them that can help raise them. You know, like with your boys, like I know Maddox, like I coached Maddox. Like I know I'll always, hopefully, always have a place in his life to be able to speak truth Mm because I know him on a different level. Yeah. Like even now, I'll talk to him. He'll talk to me about things because I know him. Like I'll be like, so tell me about this. And he'll talk to me. So I've coached him, Mm -hmm. right? There's inside jokes, there's things. Yeah. I think that's what, as a parent, we have a responsibility to put them around healthy adults to speak into their life because they need more than us. Yep. And that's, I think, a huge part of it too. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's a long answer for a short question. Hey, I loved it, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So anyway, hey, I have a final thought.
1: Here's my final thoughts.
0: I just want everybody to know out there, you learned a lot about me last week in last week's uh, podcast with uh, (laughs) Dimitrik. So this week, I want to tell you one more fun fact. (laughs) I wrote the sports section for a college newspaper. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I won awards in journalism. That's right. A songwriter,
1: a journalist? My uh, wife
0: was a resident director at the college at the time, and I wrote for the paper because they asked me to, and I wasn't a student, and I still won <laughs> awards. <laughs> You didn't even go there. Didn't even go there. But it was funny because then, when I was putting the podcast together, I was well, I, I wasn't going there at the time. When I put the podcast together, I was just thinking about all, think. I was thinking about. Thinking. I was thinking. What are you thinking yeah, about? I was thinking about all the things in my life. I've written for. Uh, uh. I wrote every week for this article. I wrote the article every week for the newspaper. I. um I've written songs that were phenomenal that Nashville would kill to have. I've performed those same written songs. Uh, I've preached. I've teached. I've traveled. I've taught. um, uh, Just so many things that, got you know, I've gotten degrees. Just so many things that God's allowed me to do in my life. Moved to Virginia Beach when I'm from Northern Virginia. Just so many amazing things. Been and out of Missouri. Like, God has done so much in my life, and I'm realizing that there's a lot of full circle moments I have right now where I see so many things he's put together, and it's given me the opportunity to do what I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. I just want to encourage people like you may feel like what you're doing is has no long-term benefit but I promise you there are things you did in your life to get where you're at there are things you're doing right now that are pertinent to where you're going so don't push these things off like it's a busy season or, or a season. I'm telling you, whether you're cutting grass or leading a Fortune 500, you're picking up trash or you're stocking shelves or you're teaching a school or you're preaching on a Sunday, uh, I've had people say to me, I, I didn't know you worked other than a Sunday. I <laughs> wish that was the case sometimes. <laughs> uh, but Sunday is just a part. It's the 10%. Um, one message takes about 12 hours of prep, right? Yeah. Um, and so my, my point is don't despise these beginnings. Because for some of us, we're in small beginnings. For others, you get to, you're reaping the benefit of those beginnings you were faithful to. It's good. You know, and so I just thought about that today and it was just a fun fact I wanted to share to let you know that I am great in yet another area of my life. <laughs> 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 but hey, we love you guys. We're grateful for you. I want to pray over you. Lord, I thank you for each and every listener. I pray they would know you're with them. God, they would know your hand is on them. I pray they have the best Christmas ever. Father, and that they would know. That you're not a God of fruitcakes, but you are a God of abundance. We love you. We love you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, love you guys. We'll see you this Sunday, 930. Also, those of you looking for Christmas Eve, we have Christmas Eve at Palms on the 24th. We have one big service, 930 a.m. We're going to pack the house. Can't wait for you to be there. Got a great day. Uh, We'll see you this week.